In the journey of life, we all face those moments where we're left speechless, uncertain of what lies ahead. Moments when we think, I never thought this would happen. What do I do next? It's in these moments when faced with choices bigger than ourselves that we can discover the faithfulness of God because only God can turn unexpected moments into moments of glory. Amen, amen. Well, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving, that you were with people that you love, that you were able to show thankfulness to God. How many of y'all know that you have so much to be grateful for in your life? Amen, me too. So I pray that Thanksgiving was great for you, uh, but today is a very exciting day. In January, January 7th, we are launching our second campus in South Tampa. Woo! Oh yeah. It's right over the Gandhi, right off of Dale Mabry, so if you know somebody over there, be like, hey, I know a church, it's gonna be great. But today is our very first day where we are broadcasting this sermon over in South Tampa. So you have a family over there that you have never met. I want you to know that the people in South Tampa it's the same family that's in Clearwater. We are the same exact church. We have the same exact vision. We are reaching people in the name of Jesus Christ. Would you welcome all those in South Tampa right now? We love you, South Tampa. We're glad you're here. Oh yeah. So getting into today's message, I wanna share a quote that I've heard before. It's been said that life is not measured by time, but life is measured in moments. Now, generally, this is very, very true. We, we rarely remember a whole year or a whole month or a whole week. I mean, there's sometimes I lay in bed at night after a day and I'm like, what just happened today? What, what did I even do? But, but we do remember moments from the year or from years past or from the month or from the week. I remember this last week, it was Thanksgiving. We were with my family. My grandpa, who's been sick, was there at Thanksgiving for the first time in a couple years, and I was able to hug him. He was wearing his Gator shirt, and I hugged him. I was like, Grandpa, why do we suck so bad at football this year? <laughs> and he just looked at me and goes, I don't know, buddy. I don't, I don't know either. But I will always remember this Thanksgiving, be able to spend time with him, watching him take a nap on that couch, because that's what you do after Thanksgiving. From years previous, I remember when I, when I first became a pastor, I had no idea what to do. I didn't know where to start, so I sat down with my dad, I scheduled a meeting, I'm like, Dad, what do I do? And he looked at me and he said, just love people. Be there for people. I'm like, okay, I can do that. But what do I do for a message? He's like, just read God's word. Just share your heart, what God has put Inside of you, just be real. It's not a show, it's not a performance, it's letting the Spirit of God speak through you. I'll always remember that. You know, I've had three children, three girls, pray for me, y'all. <laughs> but I remember when I first became, yeah, a lot of money, a lot of money, Rich. I need some of that. But I remember when I first became a dad with, with my first daughter, Sadie. I'm holding her, she's all slimy, and I'm, she's crying, and, and I'm just like, it's okay, daddy's here. And she just kept crying. I'm like, honey, you gotta, you gotta calm down. But I remember feeling so many ranges of emotion. I was excited. I was nervous. I felt broke in that moment. I'm like, she's gonna take all my money. 
I don't know what. But I remember feeling all this range of emotions and just praying to God and saying, Lord, be with me. Be with my wife. Give me discernment. Give me wisdom. I remember when my uncle passed away and I got a call from a family member to tell me that. And I remember how I felt in that moment, wondering, what do I do? How am I ever going to overcome this loss? I remember on my very first mission trip, I went to the Dominican Republic. We were doing a big service, and in, the portion, in this portion of service, we started praying for healing. And this guy rolls up in a wheelchair, we lay hands on him, we pray for him, and he stands up. And I'm like, oh, I'm talking to one of the people, there's a translator, I'm like, how long has he been in a wheelchair? Maybe it's, you know, maybe he just has a leg injury. He's like, he's been in that wheelchair for 20 years. I'll never forget feeling the presence of God in that moment, feeling, whoa, whoa, God, you're still doing miracles. God, you're still powerful. You're still right here. Today, we're starting a brand new message series that is called Moments of Glory. And in this message series, we're gonna look at four different moments of glory in the story of Christ's birth. Today, we're gonna talk about a powerful moment of obedience. In this message, we have one key thought. So if you're taking notes, write this down. It says this, you have no idea what God can do through one moment of obedience. You have no idea what God can do in us what God can do through us, what God can do around us by just saying one thing, yes. In one moment, you were prompted to do something by the Spirit of God. You can look back in your life, you're like, okay, God, you prompted me to talk to this person. You prompted me to say this. You prompted me to give. You prompted me to start being faithful to you. You, pro you prompted me to be a blessing to someone around me to do something, you did it, and you look back and you're like, I am amazed, not at what I did, but I'm amazed at what God did through one moment of obedience. But on the flip side, you can remember a time when you were prompted by the Spirit of God, either through his word or through his Holy Spirit, when you were prompted to say something, you were prompted to give something. You were prompted to do something that was not easy. It was difficult. You didn't have all the information. You didn't have all the details, and you didn't do it. And you look back, and you can think to yourself, man, what did I miss out on? Man, what, what didn't take place? What, what blessing did I miss out on because I wasn't obedient? The title of today's message is When It's Hard to Obey. Would you bow your heads and pray with me today as we pray into this message? Almighty God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that your presence would be in this room today. I pray, Lord Jesus, that there's people who are watching online, people who are in South Tampa, people who are in this room today, that you put something inside of them years ago, maybe it's a distant memory at this point, God, I pray that you would light a fire inside of their hearts today. Our life as Christians, it's not about us. It's about you. We are your servants. We are your disciples, God. So I pray, when you tell us to go, 
we won't hesitate. That you would open our eyes today, that you would open our ears and our hearts to you today. In your name I pray, amen. So getting into this message, we're gonna be in Matthew 1. So if you have your Bible, if you have God's word, you can go ahead and open up. We're gonna stay there this entire message. But we're gonna dive into a very special portion of scripture. This is Matthew 1.18. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, if, if I'm Joseph, I'll be like, all right, honey, you need to sit down real quick. We got some stuff to talk about. I, I need to know the details. I, don't, I need to know what took place. But, but this is where we are. In, in, in the story of, of Jesus' birth, we're very familiar with Mary. Mary, she gets a lot of stage time. And don't worry, in this series, we're gonna talk about Mary. But today, I wanna talk about Joseph. In my opinion, I feel like he's one of the most important, least talked about people in the Bible. Here's what we know about Joseph. He, he does not appear to live very long, and, and we do not hear a lot about him. But this is what we do know about Joseph. We know that he was a carpenter. He was a righteous and faithful man. He was a descendant of David. He was Mary's husband, and he was Jesus's early father. This is all we really know about Joseph. We, we see Joseph in the early life of Jesus. The last time that Joseph is mentioned, Jesus is 12 years old. Most scholars actually assume that he died, that he passed away. And here's how we can come to that conclusion. The first thing is Jesus stayed at home till he was 30. And it wasn't because Mary had a great den where he could play video games all night long and it wasn't because he wanted to he didn't want to get a job is because in that culture you stayed at home with your mother until you were 30 if your father passed away another reason why we believe this is because while Jesus is on the cross he calls out to John he says to him take care of my mother Mary but in this moment Joseph he's engaged to Mary and, and the culture is completely different. It's not like people are getting married at 22 or 32 or, or even 42. In this culture, Mary's probably 13, 14, 15 years old. So she is extremely young. She comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, I'm pregnant. This, in this culture, and even in our culture, obviously, this is devastating beyond measure. He is devastated. In the first century Jewish engagement, it wasn't just a proposal where you get on your knee and you say, hey, will you marry me? It wasn't this Instagram moment where you, where you take a picture on the beach and you, you post and you say, hashtag blessed, hashtag ring before spring, hashtag I'm getting married and you ain't. It, it wasn't that way at all. In this culture, they were technically married, but they're not allowed to consummate the marriage until the public ceremony. So if Mary had to, if she had sex with another man, this right here, this is a life ruining scandal because she disobeyed God, she dishonored her family, and she disgraced Joseph. They would be laughed at, they would be shunned in this community, and according to Deuteronomy 22, Joseph, he had the right 
to stone her. It was common in this time to bring someone before the city council and shame them publicly. Clear his name and say, hey, I'm washing my hands. I had no part of this. I'm a good person. And she would have no way to support herself. In this time, if, if a woman had no way to support herself, it wasn't like you hit Indeed and then you try to find a new job. No, no, you would have to stoop to very low lows to try to support yourself. So Joseph, he found himself in a hard, difficult spot. Joseph, he was righteous. He didn't want to disgrace her. So what he was going to do was just break the engagement quietly. Listen, I'm a man of God. I don't want to disgrace her. I don't want to stone her. I don't want to do any, I'm just gonna break this quietly. But what Joseph didn't realize that at his lowest moment, a moment of feeling dismay, anger, not knowing what to do, that he would have a moment of glory. This is Matthew 1.20. As he considered this, as he considered breaking this engagement, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Angel of the Lord said this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. So this is what the angel of the Lord says to him in a dream. Now, before we look at what Joseph did, I wanna look at what Joseph didn't do. He didn't say, you know what, I'm just gonna try to explain this dream away. I ate some feta cheese last night and maybe I just had some weird dreams going on. He didn't argue with God and say, God, this isn't fair. Why would you allow me to go through this? This is gonna be difficult. This is gonna be hard. He didn't ask God for a second sign. He didn't say, Lord, if this is you, I need to see a burning bush and it needs to say my name. I need to see the angel, the, the, the heavens just open up and you come on a white horse. He didn't say, I need a second sign. He didn't try to spiritualize it like so many Christians do and said, Lord, this is supposed to be a season of joy for me, a season of rest. Surely this can't be what you have for me. He didn't ask for any details. He didn't ask for any information. This is what he said. Matthew 124, it says, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. He did what God asked him to do. He didn't ask for a sign. He didn't ask for you to come and speak again or didn't ask for a burning bush. He did what the Lord said right away. And from this, what I want you to know is you don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. You don't need all the information. You don't need step two, three, four, 10, 12, 15. No, no, no. When the Lord says to do something, what is our job as servants of the most high God? To go, to go, to go. Without asking any questions, without asking for clarification, when the spirit of God moves on his people, our only response is Yes, we don't need information to obey because what we know about God is he's good. He's faithful. He is trustworthy. He will guide our steps. When God asks you to do something, 
he will take you by the hand. He's the good shepherd. He will lead you every step of the way. In Joseph's, put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Think about all the stuff he didn't know about. He didn't know that he was about to go on a hundred mile journey to Bethlehem with a nine month pregnant wife on the back of a donkey or a horse. Can you imagine how miserable that would be? When, when my wife is pregnant, nine months pregnant, I can't even take a, a, a good trip to Walmart without her being in discomfort. But he, she's gonna go on her 100 mile journey to Bethlehem, where there's gonna be threats of animals and thieves and robbers, all to get to Bethlehem and to find out that every single hotel is booked. There's no room at the inn. You go to a stable, you lay the son of God, your son, in a feeding trough. How uncomfortable that must be. And then King Herod issues a decree. They're looking for this boy and he issues a decree saying, any boy under the age of two will be slaughtered. Imagine the guilt and the, the, just the hurt on this family, the fear, the worry, all these different things the weight of raising the son of God. Without any details, without any information, Joseph obeyed immediately. I want you to know this, at some point in your life, this will apply to you. At some point in your life, the spirit of God is gonna speak to you through his word or through his prompting by the Holy Spirit to lead you to do something that you have zero details to. If you're in a relationship and you're like, man, I'm with this guy. I've been with him for like four years. I love him. I've invested so much of my time, so much of my energy. I've put so much stock into this relationship. But you see red flag after red flag after red flag, he doesn't love the Lord. He's not leading you the way a man's supposed to lead you. And God puts it on your heart. And he says to you, daughter, I have something so much better for you. But God, I, I've, I've, I've been with him for years. God, this is gonna be difficult. Obedience. There might be a time when God prompts, prompts it on your heart to, to start to serve or to get involved or to join a small group. And you're like, man, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I know I need community. I know I, I, I really, I know you've called me to go and serve at Helping Hands. I know you've called me to be a part of this community, but I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed. Or maybe God will prompt you to give, to start being faithful or to bless a family. And you're like, God, I would love to buy this family a meal, but money is tight. Or maybe God will prompt you, forgive. It's time to forgive. It may seem impossible. It may seem like there is no way in this forgiveness, but God has prompted you. It's time to forgive. It's time to move forward. God is going to prompt you. He's gonna ask you to do something that's not easy that you don't have the details to, that you don't know what is going to happen, I want you to know this. Obedience 
is our responsibility, but the outcome is God's. I'm going to be obedient, and I am going to trust the King of kings and the Lord of lords with the outcome. I want you to know about our Heavenly Father. He gives good gifts. When he prompts you to do something, when we are obedient to him, the outcome's not up to us. Our good heavenly father, it comes from him. We do what he tells us to do and we trust him with the results. When I was younger, I was in a relationship for, for three and a half years. And in this relationship, there were some toxic things that took place, but in my mind, I was like, this is the person, you know high schoolers, we give girls promise rings, why do we do that? I gave this girl a promise ring, man, I gave this girl my everything, but here's the thing with our relationship, it was not God honoring. We were not living purely, everything was about ourselves, it wasn't about God, it was just about us. And for months, I felt a prompting from the Holy Spirit saying, it's time to move on. And I, and I made the, the excuses, God, I gave her that pinky promise ring from Macy's. I spent $69.99 on that thing. I've put so much stock into this person, so many memories, all these different things. And God said, I have something better for you. So I went to my dad and I'm like, Dad, I need some fatherly wisdom. I've been with this girl for three and a half years. I don't know what to do. I feel like God is telling me to break things off. And he goes, well, you already have your answer, but I'm gonna give you this analogy. So in the Walmart freezer section, there's this thing, it's called cube steak. And country people love it, man. So you put some salt on it, you put a lot of garlic, some pepper, and a bunch of ketchup and it's good, right? You're like, this is pretty good. So my dad looks at me, he goes, Andrew, you can stay where you are and you can have cube steak and it's gonna be okay, and, but I want you to know this, God has filet mignon for you. God has filet mignon for you. And I look back from that conversation, I, I, I broke things off and Six, seven months later, God brought my wife, Anna, into my life. That is some filet mignon right there. She gave me a home. She gave me children. She gives me support. She gives me love. When there's times when I get out of hand, she just looks at me and says, what are you doing? She's honest with me. She's there for me. She encourages me in the Lord. I look back at that moment and I say, God, what if I wasn't obedient to God? It's the same thing in your life. We've become accustomed to cubed steak. But I want you to know that on the other side of this obedience, God's got filet mignon for you something good, something better than you could ever imagine. Here's the problem with so many Christians is, so many Christians, we are educated beyond our level of obedience. 
We are educated beyond our level of obedience. We are spiritually gluttonous. We're like, I know God's word up and down. I know where every book is in the Bible. If I'm doing sword drills, I'm gonna get there before you. We don't need to know more. We need to do more with what we already know. If you know God's word and, and you have been discipled and you're continually continued to be discipled, it comes to a place where you're like, okay, it's time to put the fork down. It's time to go and do. Joseph, he didn't have the details, but he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. And the angel of the Lord continued in Matthew 20, 21. It says, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. South Tampa, I don't, I'm sorry, Clearwater is not listening to this Bible verse. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read that again. <laughs> for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. This child inside of her was conceived by the Spirit of God. Why is this important? Because if Jesus was, conserved, was conceived by his earthly father, he would inherit sinful nature. But Jesus was conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit inherited things from his heavenly father and inherited the spiritual nature of God, which is perfection. He knew no sin. He was perfect. He would become the perfect sacrifice for the world, born of a virgin, to go to a cross to die for our sins so you and I could be forgiven. I don't know about you in your life, but I know about me, I need grace, I need mercy, I need forgiveness. Christ has redeemed so many things in my life. What's your sin? What has God set you free from? Jealousy, greed, we're constantly just chasing after things of this world, unfaithfulness, lust. There's forgiveness at the cross. There's no sin too great for God's mercy, for God's grace. And an angel of the Lord said, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. And he just obeys, knowing that there would be significant cost for him. Joseph certainly faced opposition for his obedience. In every significant thing that God asks you to do, you will face opposition. There will be struggle from your flesh, from the people around you. In my life, in every significant faith-filled act of obedience, I was faced with opposition. Every single one of them. When I graduated college and God said, Andrew, I want you to go run Waffle Houses. 
I was like, okay, that sounds strange, but I'll go and do it because this is what you've asked me to do. And before I went in there, he goes, I'm giving you a mission field. Go and love these people. Go and serve these people. Go and minister to these people. Share the gospel with these people. Give Bibles to these people. I'm like, okay, I can do that. And then I walked in and I met the people that I was supposed to love. <laughs> that was some opposition. When I first gave my life to Jesus, and I was living a life that was non-honoring to God at all, I was partying, I was having sex, I was doing all these different things. Was there opposition? Yes. Was there temptation that was thrown in my way? Absolutely. Did I lose friends on the way? Yes. But I was obedient to God. One of the things God put in one, me and my wife's, in our heart, even before we got married, we're like, we wanna have children. And we felt like this was something God commanded us to do. So we were obedient, and then we got a little crazy. We, we had three kids in four and a half years. People are like, man, you must really love kids. I'm like, I just really love my wife, okay? <laughs> but there's opposition in that, right? There are things, man, it is difficult to raise godly children in this world, to read the Bible with them, to pray for them when I'm tired. There's opposition in raising children, especially when they're in their teenage years, when the world is pulling at them. When I came into ministry, I'm like, how can, I can't even afford to go, I'm taking like a 50% pay cut, I don't know what I'm gonna do, I don't know how I'm gonna, God made a way. We're launching South Tampa, this has been a huge, stressful thing, but we felt like God told us to do this. We were obedient. In every step along the way, there was opposition with our contractor, with the city, with, with, with everything that could possibly be opposition, there was opposition. But here's what I know, is we're launching January 7th. And what we're believing is that God is going to turn South Tampa upside down for Jesus Christ. you will face opposition. It's not a question, it's, it's a certainty. There will be a day when God asks you to do something that you don't have all the information. He's gonna ask you to do something that doesn't make sense. He's gonna ask you to stop partying, to start living for him fully, to stop having sex before marriage, to get out of debt, to break away from this sin in your life it may not seem normal to everybody. You're gonna face opposition. And this is something that my dad's always told me. He said, don't worry when you face opposition for obedience to God. Worry when you don't. You're going to face it. Obedience is difficult. It is going to cost you something. But you have no idea what God can do through one moment of obedience. In one moment, when you're prompted to say something, to give something, to do something, to confess a sin, to confess an addiction, to apologize, to forgive, to pray, to witness, to invite somebody to church. You don't have to understand completely. 
but I wanna encourage you, obey immediately. What I've seen in my life is delayed obedience, is disobedience. Life, it's not measured by years, it's measured in moments. And you have no idea what God can do through one moment of saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I'm gonna be obedient to you. So what I want everybody to do is just to close their eyes. Focus on you and God right now. I wanna ask you a question. What is God asking you to do? What have you been putting off? What have you been kicking down the road for the last decade? I believe that today, in this room, it's time for our church to say yes. To say yes. Yes, God, I'll be obedient to you. Take, write it down if you need to. There's people in here, God is drawing himself to you right now. And he's saying, son, daughter, come home. My grace is huge. My love is wide for you. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter the life that you've been living. What God is saying to you today is, come home. You're forgiven, you're loved. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in here today and you say, I'm taking that step of obedience. I'm laying my life down for God. I'm choosing to live for Him. I want salvation. If you're in here today and that is you, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three and I wanna pray for you. One, two, three. You just raised your hand that's the best act of obedience that you could ever do the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now I want to encourage you at your seat just begin this relationship with God he's a relational God it's not about religion it's not about doing enough it's not about being good enough the price has been paid in full there was nothing that you could do Accept, receive it. So just talk to him, say, God, forgive me. God, today I'm turning away from the person I used to be. I'm changing the goal. It's not about me and my own life anymore. God, it's about you. Ask him to create in you a, a new heart. And I'm gonna say a prayer over you now. Almighty God, I pray for the people who are receiving you as their Lord and Savior. God, I pray that it's not just a hand that is raised, God. You don't want a hand, you want our heart. You want our life. I pray, Lord Jesus, that today that you would forgive them of their sins, that in their life that they would change the goal, that they would repent, that they would turn away from the life that they lived, and they would run towards you. Today, God, we declare that you are our God, that you are our Savior. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Andrew. That message was real. Would you stand with me now to receive your blessing?
The altar prayer team will be making its way to the front. I wanna encourage you after this blessing, if you'd like to receive prayer for any reason, please see one of these prayer team members. And also, if you raised your hand and you asked Jesus to come into your heart for the first time, we also wanna encourage you to come up after this blessing to receive a gift from us. It's a book called A Fresh Start with God. And we think it'll be a blessing to you. So to receive your blessing now, you just open your heart to the Lord. Many of you like to raise your palms, turn them upward in an attitude receiving, you can do that. May the Lord bless you this day to see the moment you're in, whatever that moment looks like, as a moment of glory. May the Lord bless you with his voice. May he bless you with a soft heart towards him. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. We love you, church. Have a blessed Sunday.